Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Double Coverage Podcast. I'm Stacy Blackwood here with Jake Thomas. Jake, how you doing tonight? Doing good, buddy. How about y'all? Oh, we're doing good. Uh, we're excited to have another episode tonight. Uh, yes. It's going to be a little different than, than normal. We're not really going to be previewing any games over the weekend. You know, it's kind of a kind of a down weekend for football. A lot of the major teams are playing some FCS opponents and so we're just not going to really preview any games. We're kind of going to kind of recap what's happened so far this season. Uh, talk a little bit of Alabama basketball and just a couple of other things. But uh, we're excited to to bring this podcast to you. Uh, and uh, first of all, we want to talk about uh, Alabama basketball. Uh, you know they they took a tough loss yesterday to Northeastern in the first round of the uh, of the Charleston Classic. Uh, they just they just didn't seem to have energy to start the game, uh, and you know the defense was was slacking. Uh, they they couldn't make any buckets, so it was just really a poor performance. And I do I do want to apologize. I'm having sinus problems today, so I may sound a little odd, but <laughs> I'm trying to work through it. But uh, <clears throat> but anyways, uh. You know, it was a tough performance yesterday, and and but you know today they really bounced back and they played a a really good game, and yeah, and the key to the game was was Tevin Mack. I mean, Tevin Mack off the bench scored twenty points today. On uh, he made a uh, five three pointers today, five of nine from the three point line, and uh, so that was that was real big for him. Dazon Ingram played really well off the bench. You know, a- Avery Johnson shortened the bench. He didn't play Daniel Giddings you know, in the main rotation or anything. And uh, uh, A.J. Jr. was just played 11 minutes off of the bench. But, you know, bench-wise, we really just played two got two guys, I mean, for a lot a lot of minutes. And that was Dazon Ingram and, and Tevin Mack, and they both played really well. Uh, like I said, uh, Tevin had 20 off the bench, and, and Ingram had 11 with five assists. So, I mean, that's that's really good bench, bench uh, production for you. And you know Dante Hall was was his normal self again today after a rough performance yesterday. Yeah, he finished with twelve points and twelve rebounds. Uh, Kara Lewis is still finding his way, but he, you know he, he's playing good. He, he had eight points and and three assists. Uh, John Petty he really passed the ball well today. He finished with seven assists. I don't know that he's ever had seven assists in a basketball game. So and, and Herb Jones he drew I think three charges in this game and uh he 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 helped out with 13 points and three assists and uh three rebounds so it just a it was a really good performance for Alabama and, and I'm anxious to see how they'll perform Sunday against Wichita State and uh you know this is really not the same Wichita State that we've been accustomed to seeing over right. the past few years yeah. but uh it, it's still it'll still be a good game and it's a good test for Alabama early on in the season. But that's that's kind of <clears throat> the recap of what happened today and over the last couple of days. Uh, Jake, what, what would you like to add to that? Um, you know, then the, then the Northeastern game, um, you know, Alabama wasn't really <laughs> passing the ball around. They were just standing around on offense, on the offense side of the ball. They wasn't getting any movement. And they only finished with 11 assists that game. Today they had 22. So when Alabama gets their offense in motion – and spreads the ball around. It seems like they flow a little bit better. Um, oh, yeah, every basketball team right, does exactly. And 
and uh, I mean that's true for Alabama too because you know besides uh, uh, Lewis and maybe Petty, you know they they they're very athletic, but they they they're kind of lackluster you know shooting the ball. So you know they got to you know they got to move the ball around and get some good good looking shots and uh, and just hope that they they, they hit the uh, the basket you know and uh, but I'm excited for this for this year the team uh, I think you know it kind of hurts to lose to Northeastern because you know I still think they can hit the 22 to 25 mark uh, win win total but I mean like we talked about the last episode the SEC is stacked this year. So, you know, you want to try to win all your non-conference games to, you know, give yourself at least seven to eight wins in the conference and allow you to have that 21 season. So, it would be interesting to see. But but I, I think Alabama will rebound. Um, you know, a lot of people, you know, I, I work with, they're, they're down on uh, on Avery Johnson. But, you know, he's rebuilt this program. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt as long as he's there. I mean, he's bringing in some good recruits. Um you know, so I, um, I, I'm, you know, I, I'm, I'm fine with that. So, uh, he's, he's, uh, doing what he can and, and, uh, I'll just say, let it, let him continue. Right. Well, and I mean, you can't judge a team midway through November. I mean, it's, it's too early to tell what kind of team you're going to have. And, and until you get really to the latter part of the non-conference schedule and and into the the meat of the of the conference schedule, you don't really know what kind of team you have, right? And so it's it's kind of too early to to say what this team's going to be because I think that uh uh, uh the the freshman big uh, J- Javion Davis Fleming, yeah, I believe is his name. I, I think he's going to get some minutes. He's you know he showed up in in the exhibition uh, game and in the uh, the tied tip off that he has a nice mid range jumper. He's got, he's real fluid for a guy that's 260 plus pounds. So mm-hmm. I, I think he'll get some minutes. And, and so the, and, and Riley Norris has yet to play, you know, he's going to get some minutes. Right. So the, the team is, it, it's, it, there's still a lot to be done, obviously, but the jury's still out just like on, on every other team in, in the country. So it's, right. it's really, it's too early to, to, to call it either way with four games into the season. I agree. Uh, but, but moving on, we, uh, we kind of wanted to have a discussion. We, we, we disagree on something that's kind of been of a, a, a hot topic this week. And it's, it's to his health and, and whether or not he should play this week or not. And Jake, I wanted you to give your argument first and, th- and then I'll give my rebuttal. All right. Yeah. You know, to, uh, you know, his knee, you know, it's, and you know a lot of people's uh, you know things like going after his knee, especially uh, you know the last game. But you know we're playing the Citadel this week, and Saban's already made a comment that uh, he's fine. Uh, Tua, that is, is fine, and he's going to play. But you know, in my opinion, our best chance to win the national championship is with Tua on the field. And and if his knee's a liability right now. I, I think we need to set him, let it heal up. I mean, and you know, Jalen, he's not recovering as well. I, I, I think Matt Jones needs to see a lot of action. I think he still will. I'm, I'm only expecting two to play one or two series, maybe. He might play a whole half, but, but you know, especially with Jalen uh, hurt, you know, uh, Tua, you know, he's 
well, I think we just need to rest him. But, uh, you know, that that's just my opinion. Everybody's got their own opinion about this. I know you've got yours. and uh, But that's just how I feel. You know, I think we got to let that, heal, that, that knee heal up. Well, I, I mean, I don't think you're wrong. That it, that it wouldn't hurt to let him rest rest this week and kind of get healed up, right? But Saban's mo is you treat every game the same. Yeah, whether you're playing the Citadel or you're playing the Green Bay Packers, yeah. you have to prepare each week like it's the most important game because it is. You're right. The game that you're playing this week is the most important game that you're ever going to play in because it's the next one. Right. And that's what, that's what makes Saban so great is that, that his teams are always prepared mm-hmm. regardless of the opponent. And I think to sit Tua would send a message to the team that, well, this game is not as important right. as the other games. So then – you're you're playing into the psychological disposition of the players mm-hmm. that Saban talks about so often. And so you have to stay on top of things like that. And even if you just play Tua for a few series to even and you know and how about when it gets up twenty one nothing real quick or you know, twenty eight nothing or whatever it may be, and then he decides to pull him, at least you show that hey, we had to we had to send Tua out there because we're not taking them lightly, but hey, we got the game under control now. We can pull him. Right. We can get Mac Jones in there to get some experience and, and to get some playing time. And and uh, also, it, uh, it looked like uh, you know middle part of the week, Tua switched out his big knee brace for one of the you know regular slide on pads on, on your knee. Yeah. So maybe his knee is better. Maybe it's <clears throat> maybe it's really not that big of a deal, and maybe it's just just kind of keeps getting aggravated during the game after you know being hit it multiple times right because i think it i think it has been obvious that that, that the opponents have been going for the knee but yeah. you know that's that's football if that's what they want to do they can do it right and and you know Saban also said this week that uh that we've had a good week of practice he said the he said that the offensive line understands <coughs> that they've got to do more to protect him and he said they've done a whole lot better uh this you know this week and and that that's uh, good to hear because, I mean, you know, the first offense is going against the first defense. And, you know, our, our defensive front is outstanding. So, if they're – you know, I know in, in practice that, you know, you don't – your quarterbacks don't get hit. So, um, you know, I, but but still, if they're doing a whole lot better, you know, protecting him, I'm glad to hear it, you know, because that's what we need. we got to protect him. Well, I, I want to point out that, it's really unfair to the offensive line for what happened last week because right. uh, it, it was it was a little bit of three things, and and I think this is the order in which it was. Mm-hmm. Number one, Mike Loxley did not make any adjustments to what Mississippi State adjusted to after Alabama jumped up to that quick fourteen to nothing lead. Correct. After that, after Alabama jumped up to them quick fourteen points, Mississippi State adjusted. And then they started bringing more pressure, yeah, and uh, more fire blitzes, and, and 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 coming from the corners and bringing safeties in, and and Loxley never adjusted how he was calling the game, right? And so that's that's one reason number one that that a lot of pressure was getting on to it, and reason number two was the communication was not quite there between Tua and the offensive line, and between the offensive linemen themselves. Correct. So. And then a couple of cases, 
maybe two or three of them, Tua didn't read the blitz properly, and he could have checked down to his to his running back or to his slot receiver and got the ball out of his hands quick and avoided the hit or the sack. Right. So it it was kind of a multitude of things, and like it always is. It's never just one thing. Yeah. But uh, but but to me, it's important to see if Loxley realized that he didn't make the adjustments he needed to make, and moving forward, he in game he can make those adjustments because up and up until last week, I thought Loxley had pretty much called a, a flawless game, game mm-hmm. all season long. Right. And and but it, it, for some reason last week he just couldn't seem to to make the adjustments necessary to to protect two and and you know it, it, it's hard for five guys to block eight rushers. Yeah. So that's right. When when you when you don't adjust to that, you, you know you're you're bound bound to get your quarterback hit a lot and. Mm-hmm. You know that's what happened last week, and 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 you need to give Mississippi State credit. They have a really good defensive front. We talked about that last week yep. before the game. I mean, they're, they're one of the best defenses in the country for a reason. They got good players. They got a good scheme. They got a good coaching staff. So, you know, uh, props to them. But uh, you know, kind of moving on to like the whole the the grand scheme of college football right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the third. Uh, playoff rankings come out, uh, and the top four is Alabama, Clemson, Notre Dame, and then Michigan. And you know, if if all those teams win out, that will be what the playoff is. Correct. And uh, truthfully, I, I can I could see all of those teams winning out. I mean, I definitely think Alabama and Clemson are going to win out. Yeah. Uh, to me, that the the most likely game that somebody would lose. Would probably be the this this week with Notre Dame and Syracuse. Yes, yeah. to me that's the most likely one, and then it would be obviously uh, Michigan playing in Columbus uh, next weekend, and end up that big rivalry game. But uh, you know, as as far as the the grand scheme of college football, uh, you know, there's a lot of people that talk about wanting the the, the an eight team playoff, and mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know if people don't realize this or not. But no matter how many teams you make, you can put in the playoff. There's always going to be a couple teams who think they should have got in over the teams that got in. I mean, there's what 64 teams that get in the college basketball tournament. Yeah, you could make an argument that there should be a couple more teams that should have got in. I mean, there's always an arc going to be an argument for a couple more teams. Right. So, I think I think the four team format is perfect. I, that's just my opinion. What, what do you think about the playoff system? Do you think it should be expanded to eight, or do you think it should stay the same, or, or maybe even be more than eight? What do you, what do you think? You know, uh, I was uh, searching Twitter, and I, and I seen a, a proposed uh, if there was 16, uh, 16 team playoff, and uh, and that would cover the, the first 16 uh, in the rankings. And, uh, and the I think it said the first four would have home field advantage and uh correct yeah and uh you know i mean it, if wishes were, were fishes you know the world being ocean so you know it's just you know right now i don't i don't it's not if it's not if it's not broken you know if, you know keep it so uh i don't i don't see a problem with it right now i know in the future they may look to expand to eight games but uh but pretty much just win all your ball games and you're in it's as simple as that so you know, I mean, it it could go down to the SEC championship game and Georgia slip up on Alabama and knock Alabama out, and Georgia be in. So I mean, it, right. I mean, as long as you win all your games, you are guaranteed. Well, you know, I would say win all your games. I'm talking about you. 
UCF is different. You know, everybody talks about them. They're undefeated. Well, they need to get, you know, they need to play a, a tougher schedule. And people talk about the SEC, how Alabama had not played nobody. SEC is still the SEC. It's still, you know, top notch. And uh, there's been a couple of teams that's had a down year. But other than that, you know, uh, USC needs to needs to schedule some tougher opponents, you know, and, and they go by, well, we beat Auburn last year who beat Georgia and Alabama. Well, you know, I really don't think Auburn was that good last year either. Alabama just didn't come to play that game, and and uh, they kind of struggled moving the ball. But, you know, Auburn, as you say this year, they're they're not that good of a team. And uh, so I went. I went. If I was UCF, I would not, you know, uh, count that as as a. Well, I mean, it's a big win for them, but you know, you you got to just play a tougher schedule than than what they do to have any kind of variation to get into the four team playoff. Right, and and it, you you mentioned that whole sixteen uh, team playoff. Mm-hmm. Uh, do we really want that? Right. I mean that 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 would put Iowa State playing in Tuscaloosa. Do we really think that Iowa State deserves a chance to win the national title this year? No. I mean, they're six and three. Right. I mean, come on now. That, that's so mediocre. Why would you want a mediocre team right. in the playoff? I, I just, I, I just think that's ludicrous. I mean, <clears throat> I don't think it's going to change for the foreseeable future. Right. I think it's going to stay a fourteen playoff for a good while, but we'll see about that. Um, Excuse me. Mm-hmm. Oh, but uh, that's really all we have to, uh, tonight. Unless Jake has anything else he wants to add to, to the discussion. Uh, um, like yeah. I said, we 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 uh we have a lot of <clears throat> we, we we both work and we work a lot of hours and we have families, so it, it's hard for us to, to to have a set day that we can do this. We just kind of do the podcast when we can, right? But uh, <clears throat> so we. We enjoy doing this, but I think Jake does have something else he, he would like to talk about. Yeah, um, as everybody knows, Brian Snicker won the manager of the year. And, I mean, that's great. I mean, we uh, Atlanta had the rookie of the year in Nakuna, which that, that was no contest. I mean, he come in and and blew, you know, won, won it by himself. I mean, he, he is a stud. I'm glad the Braves got him, but, again, you know, Brian Snicker had a, you know, they had a terrible year last year, but this year it kind of clicked, and I mean, they had a lot that 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 happened. You know, Nick Marcakis had a career year this year, and you know, and I don't know if you're ever gonna get that from him again. So a lot lined up for Brian Snicker, but in reality, he is still the cheap option of the Braves. To you know, if the Braves had a a were you know a, a named a good named manager? I think they could have got the second, at least the second round of the playoffs. But you know, I don't. You know, some of Snickers' play calling or not play calling, but uh, but managing the game this year was not good. He kept going to the same people out of the bullpen, and uh, his his bullpen decision making is atrocious. Yes, it was. And so, you no. Know, other than that, you know, the last the last month of the season. You know, we we got into September, late September, right before October, and we we had you know home field advantage. You know, we we had the best record in the NL, and the last two weeks of the season, we couldn't we couldn't hit squat. I mean, you know that that falls back on him. I mean, you can blame him for the loss of home field advantage. 
having the first two games against the Dodgers in Atlanta, I think would have really helped, especially in that series, because you go out to L.A., which I don't know. Braves have never played good on the West Coast against any team. And they lost mm-hmm. They lost three out of three against the Padres. They always lose to the Dodgers. They got swept by uh, the Giants, which I think that was at home this year when we got swept. But, you know, we just never played. So, I think having home field advantage and, and having the Dodgers at home the first two games would have been huge. But, you know, it didn't fall in like that. So, you know, unless he has – unless we go to the playoffs this year and, and we breach the second round, I, I think we don't we don't give him another pick. You know, I think we need to get, get somebody different. That's just my opinion. Yeah, and I think it's a travesty, uh, the, the Brewers manager, that he didn't win it. Oh, yeah. Uh, what was his name? Uh, his name slipped me. Uh, Craig Council. Yeah, Craig Council. Yeah, he he was to me, he was the obvious choice for for National League Manager of the Year. But uh, you know, we are looking forward to to the games tomorrow. I know, you know, another thing I wanted to point out is a uh, a lot of a lot of people critique Alabama and and Auburn and and a lot of the SEC schools for scheduling these FCS opponents. Uh, uh, this week of the season, mm-hmm. but don't don't blame Alabama. Nick Saban has been pushing for a nine game SEC schedule, yes. for years, yes, and no and nobody wants it. I think Gus Malzahn agrees with him, and uh, there's another coach that, that that's that's with him on this, right. and they they don't agree to it. Right. Saban wants the nine game SEC schedule, and which would. Put somebody else from the from the east in, in Alabama's uh, schedule. This it would, it would probably be this week of the season, right? So uh, I, I don't want to hear it. Uh, it and and first of all, what team wants to come and play Alabama in Tuscaloosa unless they're going to get paid big money like Alabama's going to play the Citadel? Exactly. I mean, that's the truth. Uh, people people can like it or lump it. I, I don't I don't really care. I agree, but. I mean, nobody's going to come and take a butt whooping from Alabama in November except for a team like Citadel. Right. I mean, that's just the facts. So, hey, and I do want to give a shout-out to uh, to Mike Gundy, you know, the Oklahoma State head coach. Yes. He, he was asked earlier in the week about, about all the transfers and, and, and what he thinks is kind of behind all of that. And, uh, you know, he mentioned – how in, in this day and time and this generation and how they just feel entitled that if that if something's not going the way they thought it would go, that they just quit and go on to something else. And, and you know, he he's right. You know, it, it, there's – I think this whole transfer rule was made for, for freshmen and for younger players to, you know, to maybe get a little bit of playing time that first year on campus. Mm-hmm. But then they could save a year of eligibility if they didn't play – you know, X amount of time. Correct. But all these, all these upperclassmen are taking advantage of it, and you know, it's it's probably a a consequence of the rule that 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 kind of went, you know, unnoticed when they were kind of drawing this up in, in in the in the room when they were talking about making this rule change. But uh, you know, Mike Gundy's right. The, the a lot of people, and in, in, even in mine and Jake's generation, that that feel entitled to things. Yeah. So that if it's not going. The way they want it to go, they're just going to quit and go somewhere else. Correct. And and it's they don't they have no uh, respect for for what their teammates are going through at that point in time, and that's what makes what Jalen Hurts is doing so much 
more uh, special, special, I guess, I guess yeah. you can say. I mean, regardless if, if he leaves after the season or not, Jalen Hurts is a special person. He is. He is a unique person for this day and age. He is all about Alabama right now and 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 less about himself. And and that's just rare in this day and age. And you know, I I think as Alabama fans we need to, you know, kind of pay homage to that. We need to respect that. Jalen Hurts has sacrificed a lot for, for for Alabama. You know, he's he's still practicing hard. You know, he's when he gets in the game he plays hard. And 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 of course he's had the injury now and I hate that and I hope he makes a good full recovery and he's okay and, and if he does decide to transfer that he transfers somewhere and he and he's very successful. Exactly. But I, I'm I'm proud that Jalen Hurts is a part of the University of Alabama. And uh I'm proud that Mike Gundy, you know, kinda had the nerve to, to call out the, the 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 generation that's, you know, and entitled, they are, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, they just they feel so entitled to things. And right. It, it really is. It is disappointing the number of people that are transferring right now. In, in the in the incident last night with with Ed Oliver and, and Major Applewhite, uh, did you say that, Jake? That word, um, uh, Ed no. Oliver. You know, he's 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 one of the better defensive players in the country, but he's been mit- missing the last few weeks with a with a minor injury and you know they they said before the game last night he was jumping around on the field in pregame and right. catching passes and doing all this stuff but he sat out the game and apparently they have a rule that you can't wear one of the big warm jackets if you're not playing in the game because it's reserved for people that are actually playing and right and he had on a jacket and and, and you know his coach told him to take it off and then he kind of Went after the coach a little bit in anger, and, and, and see that's the, that's what I'm talking. Could could Major Applewhite have done that in a more discreet way? Sure, right. But I mean, how entitled can you be to think that you're so much better and so much above the team that you can just skip out on the game because you don't want to play, even though you're healthy? Obviously, you're healthy. You're out jumping and running around in pregame catching passes. Exactly. When you're a when you're a defensive tackle. Yep. I mean, I just I, that that stuff like that bothers me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know, I know he's probably thinking that he's got a lot of money on the line, you know. And if he gets hurt, he may lose some of that money. That's fine. That's fine. But you need to let your teammates know that's your decision. That that's what you're going to do, like Joey Bosa did, right? For or is it Nick Bosa? Which one? Nick Bosa. Nick Bosa. Yeah. Nick Nick Bosa did for Ohio State. Mm-hmm. Joey's his older brother. Yeah. But uh. You know he, he, you know he got hurt and he decided I'm going to shut it down. I'm going to rehab and get ready for the for the NFL Combine, and that's fine. You know if you're if you're going to be out for an extended period of time, that's fine. Yes, but obviously this is a very minor injury, and to me, I just think you quit on your team. That's not being a good teammate. That's not what team sports is about. That's not what having you know a competitive spirit is about. Not that he's not a competitor, but. Uh, to me, that's just a red flag. If I was an NFL uh, GM, I, I agree. And and uh, you know, I just think you should be a better teammate to the guys that are that are working their butts off to to try to win a conference championship, which Houston still has a chance to do. Oh yeah, and uh, two things I want to make uh, a statement about real quick <coughs> um, is um, talking about you know transfers. Uh, I think uh, Kelly Bryant has uh, made 
his decision. I think it's what first part of December, I think, or it might be late, right before uh, Thanksgiving uh, or right around Thanksgiving, where he's going to go. He's got it down to sixteen, so that'd be something mm-hmm. to, keep an, to keep an eye on. Um, a lot of people. I think I think December fifth is when he, when yeah. he's announced. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I thought it was in December, but uh, you know he's going to. Uh, a lot of people are saying that he's uh, going to pick an SEC school, so it'd be interesting. A lot of people are saying Auburn, so we'll see about that. And the other thing is, I. I ran a poll on my Twitter, and I still believe it. But, but if I was A and M, I would I would watch out for the Blazers down there in Birmingham. They're they're looking good right now. Bill Clark is is the most probably the most underrated coach in in college football right now, and uh, he's got UAB playing real real well. And uh, I know it's hard to play up in A and M, but but I'm I'm giving uh, the Blazers the upset this week. Wow! So you think you you think UAB is going to beat A and I'm I'm calling the upset. I I, I believe wow. in the Blazers. Well, I mean, I believe in, I believe they're a good football team too. I I don't think that they'll beat Texas A and M, but uh, I think Bill Clark should probably win National Coach of the Year. I agree. I mean this this program is two years removed mm-hmm. from I mean from exi- I mean they were not even existing two years ago. Yeah. as a program. Yeah. They had shut the program down, and and what he's done in two years there is is really incredible. Yeah, he's 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 a great coach. Mm-hmm. He's a good guy too. I hear him all the time on, on jocks out of Birmingham, definitely. And uh, <clears throat> excuse me, mm-hmm. but uh, he's done a fantastic job with that program. He had, and also you know, kind of, that late this evening, uh, there, there's it's rumored that that Les Miles has agreed to a buyout. Yeah, uh, with, with the remaining of his LSU contract. And that he is going to accept the Kansas Jayhawk head coaching job, which is kind of interesting to me. Yeah, I think he probably could have waited out and got a little bit better job. Correct. I mean, that's just my opinion. I don't know, and he may do a great job there. I think Les is a good coach. I don't think he's a great coach, but I think he's a a really good coach. And you know, he can probably he can probably get Kansas to six, seven wins on a yearly basis. But yep, we'll kind of see. That's something to watch out for. I like Les Miles. I think he's a good guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's he's a character. He'll it'll be fun to have him back in the game. Definitely. Uh, but that's all we have have for today. Uh, we hope you'll give us a follow on Twitter at doublecove underscore pod. Remember, you can tweet at us using the hashtag hashtag double coverage. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can follow me, uh, Stacy Blackwood at Blackwood eighty nine, and uh, you can follow Jake. At what is your handle? Uh, JTH at double cover. Okay. Uh, so give us all a follow, tweet at us, let us know what you think. Uh, like I said, we're having a blast doing this, guys. We appreciate the support, and we will talk to you all again next week. Thank you all. See you all. See you.